Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in. It's Balloon Party, 101 ESPN and YouTube. Thank you to the Air Alliance team for their studio camera sponsorship. You go to the Balloon Party YouTube chat and see what's doing. And thank you to Mungan S. Burkhardt. Alton Toyota for uh, sponsoring the program. Thank you, Angry Beaver, for sponsoring the Little Piddles Friday Six Shooter. Mm-hmm. Gabe DeArmond, thank you to James Carlton for sponsoring him. He's coming up at 10.15. Can't wait. Uh, Jackson, uh, the colonel, texted me yesterday to point out that a thread that he had written about Ryan Wingo had turned into a TMA thread, and then... Unfor- what I would des- describe as unfortunate attacks on, well, all of us. Right. Yeah, but certainly. Y- you were described as a pale, prepubescent producer. Uh, luckily, pale wasn't included. Oh, but, you- but the prepubescent in our audience has added the pale on as a, another adjective. Watch the spin zone I'm about to do okay. here. Watch the spin cycle. B button, B button. Prepubescent means I'm looking young. That's which, what I told you. And which means also, because if you're a man with a little bit of a receding hairline, they have some crown issues, mm-hmm. and you're being called prepubescent, how many prepubescent people do you know who have thinning crowns and receding hairlines? Wow, what an odd flex, but I'm going to stand by you. So uh, I'll take it as a positive. Yep. I'll take it as a positive. It's better than being called like young geriatric or something. Hmm. What a paradox. Indeed. Yeah. So, uh, so we're here. You want a piece of us? <laughs> well, you can get it at 314-399-9646. Jackson, Blues and Flames, how do you do? A little 3 nothing victory for your St. Louis Blues. Wow, I feel like you're in the mo- mode of breaking down this Jim Dandy in Alberta? No. You're not? Well, Tim. Uh-oh. Ladies and gentlemen, I sense... An unfortunate reveal. I will always be honest with the listeners when I do watch the Blues. And if I'm going to be honest when I do watch the Blues, I have to be honest when I don't. And last night was an example of me not doing my job, and I did not watch the Blues game last night. What happened? I really wanted to watch the Bucks and Sixers. I really wanted to see how Giannis and Dame worked together. Dame time, game winner. Honestly. Spoiler alert. Handsomely rewarded. It was an outstanding basketball game, and... And what time did that start? That started at 6.30? Yeah, Well, you had plenty of time to catch a little bit of the note. Uh, as soon as the game ended, Dame time with a big old bucket. Uh, close it out. And I love Dame so much. I don't like the Bucks, but I love Dame. And uh, once it concluded, I retired to my chambers. Wow. I was tired. 
You know, I, 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 the Blues played their most complete game of this young season. Fine, sir. More complete than the Penguin game? Yeah, I think so. Okay. No, I'm not, I, listen, hockey novice over here. No, I understand. I, and on top of that, you didn't watch the game anyway. Right. So I would, I, you know, I could tell you it was a disaster, but they won 3 nothing. But I think it was. It's an odd thing because two of their last four games have been really ugly and then two of their last four games have been really good. Who is this 2023-2024 Blue Note? Well, I, Tim, I have a question just like that for the Angry Beaver Little Piddles Friday Six Shooter. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean... Uh, peek behind the curtain. Uh, we don't like speak about what we're going to talk about before the show starts, and that's just part of our show prep process, right? It actually works best for us, so that was not planned, but it does work. The Blues toppled the Flames last night with a great performance all around. While a small sample size is all we have, at what point in the season do you think we will know what this team is all about? And do you think the 2019 turnaround changes the mindset and how this team operates throughout the season? I was ready to answer the question, and then right at the end, there was like this break on the ball that, that caused me to go fishing, because I thought I knew what the pitch was doing, and then all of a sudden, what are you, what are you asking about 2019 for, yo? You well, talking be- chalice, bro? Well, I was saying- Trade Down Market Part 2, the remix? Mm. My question is because the 2019 team, of course, was in the, the cellar of the league around January 2019, and then turned it right around. So do you think that that turnaround kind of changes the way the Blues operate when it comes to in-season moves or the way they assess the team? I respect the question, and the only thing I respect more than the question is you. Here it comes. Why is a big one? How I don't know. Even the biggest of Blues fans is thinking Chalice for this team. No, 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 no. I don't. When I ask the question, I don't mean Chalice. I just mean the ability to turn things around seemingly out of nowhere. Okay, I understand. I think, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm a, in this case. I'm sincerely not trying to be no, no. a smartass. But the problem is, it's in my DNA. <laughs> um. I don't. I don't know, man. I, it's so odd because I mean, I as I think I said last Friday after going to the game uh, with my wife and son and walking out of the building and saying, "Boy, that's not a good hockey team." And then I'm watching the Penguins and going, "Look at these boys." Yeah. And then I'm watching the Jets game and go, oh, "Boy, not a good hockey team." And then I'm watching the Flames game. Look at these boys. <laughs> it's like they don't play a C game; they play an A or an F game, and you know. The old eleven and seven. How do you do last night? How do you do the? Yeah, nice. The old eleven and seven. How do you do? I eleven and seven, like November seventh, nineteen ninety one. Magic Johnson's announcement. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. Nice show prep ass. Right. Eleven forward, seven defenseman. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. The lineup change. Hmm. Mm. What did you think of the? Kevin Hayes. <laughs> so I did watch the extended Torchenko. highlights of last night, so I have some idea of what happened. Uh, I have a general question switch, about switch hockey. Up. Jake Neighbors returning. Yeah. So I have a, I, Neighbors is actually in this question I kind of have. Wow. Okay. All right. But Here we a, go. Here we a, go. It's a, Take this, pale prepubescent producer haters. Yeah, there it is. Uh, and it's just a general hockey question, and I, I'm... Legitimately curious on this. So Nick Letty ripped a shot. He did. Damn near the blue line. And like someone like 
grazed it and it went in and they get the goal and he See, doesn't? I, say, I think that, that the puck grazed the Flames defenseman. Okay. Had it been redirected by a blue, uh-huh. the blue gets the goal. Okay. But since it goes off the Flames defenseman, Letty gets the goal. Okay, I thought I thought someone on the blues deflected it, and that's why it, I thought. I thought. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're schooling me on the game that you didn't get a chance to watch. <laughs> no, I and I don't mean to do anything of the sort. No, no, no. I just, possible. I just I in general. I was. I mean, just watching it. I'm. I'm like, oh, that that went off. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it did. I just. I Letty did all the like the. It seems like. I mean, obviously, deflecting a puck. Yeah, is but deflecting scary. pucks a big. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a monster part of the game in the NHL. Right, and I get that. I just feel like they should get the assist, and the person who ripped the shot should get the goal. You know, Jeremy Rutherford's out in the hallway. If you want to bring him in and see talk rule changes, if he's uh, willing to come in, I'll. Uh, Jr. Get on in here. I'm doing the signal where you. Yeah, it was you a pad on your Letty. your arm. Okay. And Torchenko right. was right out front. I saw there was and two And it came blues. off a pass from Hayes. Okay. I mean, these, those boys were skating around. And, you know, uh, while it wasn't a big night, uh, once again, Cairo on the breakaway couldn't break through. But uh, they held the top line of the Flames in check. And I know the Flames might not necessarily be a chalice contender themselves, but, you know, you can have an effective top line even if they don't do much themselves offensively because you got great production from uh, much of the rest of the team. So how do you do? I know you don't know because you know how Dame Time did. He was outstanding. He's, it doesn't matter what Jimmy's in. He's going to shoot that rock. You see what's going on. Best email of the month. Hashtag we are Josh. Are you, what does that mean? Might, oh, that might, might, be in, might be in the wrong text inbox there. We use similar software. Yeah. If I see a compliment, I'm like... What is this? Okay. I have somebody else's. Uh, guys, this is pretty much the same team as last year. They're going to look great. They're going to look awful. When it all comes out, they're going to be 500, maybe a little below 500. They just don't have the players to do what they did in 2019. That's from the 618. Yeah, I wasn't saying that they do. Obviously, the bones That's are the way different. That's the that kind of threw me off. I'm and like, okay, this is a fastball, and then all of a sudden, it just dipped out of the zone. Yeah, I'm I totally like, understand that, because you don't have Ryan O'Reilly, you don't have Vladimir Tarasenko. The bones are clearly different. I was just saying, like, the way that they turned it around, that could be a possibility to to a smaller extent with this club. I just don't think it's chalice. But hey, January 2019, you probably didn't think the same thing either. When a player throws up an alley-oop and it gets tipped and the guy throwing up the oop doesn't get the points, asshat! Yeah, you know, that's a, that's, a, that's a fair point, but the intention of an alley-oop is a pass. It's not a shot, whereas the person shooting the puck is intending to shoot the puck. That's right. But realizing the traffic in front of the net yeah. can lead to either going off of the opponent or one of your forwards who's positioned. You know who made a hell of a career out of that? Uh, Brett Hall. <laughs> <laughs> Insert hockey player here. <laughs> Walter Kachuk. Okay, all right. Big body in the front of the net. Yeah. How do you do, Walter? Try to move Walter out of the way. No, listen, trust me. I am not casting aspersions on people who stand in front of the puck and take those shots and try to deflect them. That you would never catch me doing that. I just the shot is the they're trying to shoot it, whereas now you they're passing it. That's correct. Yeah, Lorenzo so, Charles. Indeed, indeed. Nineteen eighty-three. Nineteen eighty-three. Jim Valvano. Ah, yeah, Wolfpack. Thank you. Eli Drinkwitz after Arkansas. That's correct. <laughs> six wins. All right. Uh, speaking of Missouri and Eli Drinkwitz, uh, the Colonel Gabriel Petey Armin is going to join us coming up in the next segment. Jackson, we are eight days away from going between the hedges, but that momentum Missouri fans felt, did it come to a bit of a halt psychologically with the Ryan Wingo news? Right. You know what you do? Watch this. 
I think we'll reconcile it by winning. Yeah, a little speed bump. <sighs> Nothing more than a speed bump. I think we'll reconcile it by winning. Nothing more than a speed bump, baby. Uh, Colonel's going to join us in the next segment. Uh, we'll take your questions and comments for the Colonel at 314-399-9646. The people in the YouTube chat know I am one of them. You are. And uh, they are welcome to uh, ask questions of the Colonel as well. Uh, uh, in the YouTube chat, I'll take a gander at both. My name is Tim McKernan. That is Jackson Burkett. Why do you have a smirk on your face? Jimmy Rutherford just sent us a wonderful text. Oh, right. I'll read it for you. I left on purpose because I thought I might be called in to provide the definition of a goal in ice hockey. <laughs> I think I got a Venmo in. <laughs> yeah, damn, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Shout out, JR. Shout out, JR. That is outstanding. <laughs> uh, Colonel Next brought to you by James Carlton here on Balloon Party. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Balloon Party driven by Munganist, Burkard, Alton Toyota, 101 ESPN, and on YouTube. Your questions, comments for the Colonel, Gabriel Petey Armand, Power Mizzou. 314-399-9646, Air Comfort Service, text line. And then, of course, you can uh, interact in the YouTube chat. The uh, YouTube is uh, sponsored by Air Alliance Team. The studio cameras in here, which I feel like capture Jackson's essence in my classic good looks. Yeah, you are classically handsome. I agree with that. I've uh, been compared to Sam Hartman recently. Yeah, I see it. I can see it. Gabe, do you see that? Uh, hair seems pretty similar, yeah. Thank you. I agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if he's wearing something. <laughs> I hope that doesn't come off the wrong way. Colonel, how are you doing? I mean, it's bye week. You probably thought you weren't going to have to do this, let's be honest. <laughs> and yet here I am. Yeah, I think, honestly, I've been busier this week than I am when Missouri plays games, which is uh, a little odd, and let's be honest, it's disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I saw um, uh, an interview that uh, Clint Cosgrove, who is a Rivals writer, uh, did on a podcast uh, regarding the Ryan Wingo thing, and and he was talking about the longtime relationship. I guess he met him when Wingo was in fifth grade. How about that? And has been following since eighth grade, and how he developed quite a rapport with him, and uh, he said something I'm paraphrasing here. But he didn't strike him as the kind of guy who would flip for a bag on announcement day, I think was the paraphrasing uh, correctly. So he was caught off guard by the developments about 48 hours ago with regards to Ryan Wingo announcing uh, that he was going to Texas. Uh, what can you give this audience uh, that maybe they uh, have not heard since there was so much attention on it on Wednesday? Anything uh, that you would consider new information over the last, oh, let's say, 24, 36 hours since the announcement? Uh, I mean, I guess that kind of depends on if people listened to me with you yesterday or Red Power Mizzou or or listen to Clint's interview. I, I don't think there's anything new. It was a surprise to a lot of people, including people in Texas, when it seemed to switch in the last 24 hours. At this point, it, to me, it's a matter of whether it's over on Missouri's end. Um, you know, Mr. Wingo certainly seemed to uh, open the door and invite Eli Drinkwitz and anyone else, really, who wanted to recruit his son uh, right on in wow. uh, to the commitment ceremony to Texas, which was you know, strange to me, but um, it's what happened. I'm not sure what Missouri's pursuit level will be. I don't see them suddenly saying, 
oh, well, if it's going to take more money, we're in. Um, you know, I, I think there's – the thing about NIL is you don't just it, – it's a two-way street. I, I mean, whatever it takes to get a kid, you still have to decide if it's worth that to you. And there have been a number of players over the last three years since this started that, you know, the the, the price tag was, was just too high for the talent level. Uh, it's especially happened in basketball. You know, Dennis Gates has just decided, yeah, I, I don't think that's – that's money well spent and something we're going to chase. So that's kind of what Missouri has to decide, really. Um, my take is if Ryan and his family were to reach back out, I would imagine Missouri would at least, you know, take the call and listen. Um, but I, I'm not sure there's going to be heavy pursuit like there was for the last few months. Gabe DeArmond with us every Friday here on 101 ESPN and YouTube. And uh, he is brought to you by James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, who is my insurance agent online at carltoninsurance.net. Jackson and I have been using this phrase throughout the course of the season as we both wagered on uh, the Missouri win total over six and a half. And we've already been handsomely rewarded for our wager. And that is, uh, I think we'll reconcile it by winning, which came from Kim English. What was the context of that, uh, that soundbite? It was, uh, it was the night Mike Anderson took the Arkansas job. And it was the last question of the press conference. I had asked him and Marcus Denman and Lawrence Bowers. I said, how do you reconcile that? your coach spent the last month telling us he wanted to retire here and he wouldn't go anywhere. And now he's Arkansas's head coach. And, uh, Marcus gave uh, a longer answer and Kimmy said those three words and kind of slapped the table and caught up and left the room. Oh, that's outstanding. Man, I'm becoming an interviewer. Oh, it, fan. It, was a, it was absolutely one of the best quotes I've, I've gotten in 21 years of doing this. How about that? Oh, I love that. Yeah, I was, I was watching the clip of it, and then I'm like, I wonder what, what the backstory was on it. And sure enough, uh, it, was, it was your question. Well, certainly uh, Missouri fans would uh, move past Ryan Wingo even quicker if uh, there is magic in Athens a week from tomorrow. We will get a bit of a preview because uh, Florida will start what can be a bit of a gauntlet for the defending, the two-time defending national champions tomorrow in Jacksonville. It goes Florida neutral site, Missouri home, Ole Miss home, and then they wrap it up in Knoxville against the Volunteers before their annual rivalry game with Georgia Tech. Um, how are you handicapping tomorrow's game, Colonel? It's about a two-touchdown spread. Uh, the latest line I saw was Florida getting 14-and-a-half. What do you think we will see from uh, the Gators and Bulldogs and uh, no Brock Bowers for Georgia? Yeah, I think, I mean, clearly Georgia's a better team. Um, I, I'm not sure what to make of Florida. You know, they, they kind of blitz Tennessee um, had to come back to beat South Carolina. Their defense, I, I'm not sure how good it is. Uh, you know, I, I heard on another podcast earlier this week that they're basically bottom 10 in the country in giving up explosive plays in the running game and giving up explosive plays in the passing game. Um, you know, I don't, they may not give up very many explosive plays in the punting game. At least they've got that going for them. But, uh, I think Georgia's a lot better, but this is a series where really weird things tend to happen. I don't think Florida wins the game, but I do think Florida makes it interesting. I was wondering if if it's better for Missouri if Kentucky beats Tennessee tomorrow or if Tennessee were to beat Kentucky. And then from a Missouri standpoint, should they beat 
Georgia that that game looks bigger to national eyes if Tennessee is a top fifteen ish team. No. What do you what do you think, think on that? I think it's better if Kentucky beats Tennessee. That gives Tennessee two league losses. Missouri's already got the tiebreaker over Kentucky. Everything that you assess in these last five weeks is what makes it more likely for us to win the division. And Kentucky beating Tennessee makes that more likely. Um, Kentucky's still got, I, I don't know exactly what Kentucky's schedule is. They got to play Roll Tide. Like, they got Roll Tide coming in yeah, Lexington. Okay. I, yeah, I was going to say, I feel like they've still got a pretty tough game left. So, you know, Missouri's got the tiebreaker on them. Um, the goal should be to play in Atlanta. And I think Kentucky winning that game makes that more likely. I, I just have a hard time if Missouri were to – I mean, the only way they get in the playoff is to run the table. Right, right. And of course. I, I have a hard time seeing a situation where they have gone in the last five weeks of the season, beat Georgia, beat Kentucky, beat Tennessee, beat Arkansas, beat the West champ, and people go, yeah, but Tennessee wasn't really ranked that high. And, you know, I, I just – I think if they do that, they will have a – very good chance of getting in and so that's the goal and and again for Missouri it's hey just win your games and you're in like you control it uh that obviously changes if you don't win next weekend uh we gave our upset picks last week uh you uh you kept your eye on the volunteers who were leading at the half yeah it looked good for 30 minutes didn't that, it? that's right and then things didn't quite work out in the second half josh heupel didn't des- uh, decide to make a comment on the officiating when asked and then i was on war eagle against old miss and uh did not get that one they lost by seven which means they didn't cover by a half point uh is there a game this week whether it be sec or otherwise where you have a team on upset alert. I've got one for you, so I'm anxious to see if you got one. Okay, I've got one. Nice. Um, and, and I want to start by saying I don't think it's – like I don't think this team wins the game, but I think it's possible, and I think it, it, it might be a pretty good game. Rock Chalk. The Kansas Jayhawks. Oh, he's going Rock Chalk, Jackson. Jackson's mad as a hornet right now. Yeah. Um, I, look, I don't <laughs> think Kansas is going to beat them, but they're at home – this this is a I mean obviously would be huge for KU. I think they're a good team. Like they can put up points even with the backup quarterback. Um, I, I I'm interested. I'm, I'm watching. Is that all right, Jackson? Fine by me. I just I don't I don't know. Oklahoma's pretty good. Oklahoma was two yards away from overtime against UCF last week, and UCF's not good. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you're not wrong, Gabe. No, no, you've never been wrong in my book, Gabe. Nice. I, I rarely am. Yeah, yeah there you go. Uh, Gabe, I'm going with the Wisconsin Badgers against Ohio State Saturday night in Madison, Wisconsin. How do you do? You going 4-3 Badgers on two safeties? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It'll be a field goal and then two safeties. It'll be a Jim Dandy of a 4-3 in uh, in Madison. Yeah, the, the Big Ten West, quite an operation. Uh, it's difficult indeed. to imagine an, an entire division that can't play offense. <laughs> like, Iowa's not even the worst offensive team in the division. <laughs> it is phenomenal. I mean, what a weird deal. I guess they don't want to, they want to make sure that Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State play each other every year, so they they keep them on yeah. that side, but then they got this whole other thing. Yeah, West Wisconsin's good. I mean, how how depressing would it be to be a fan of any team in that division? Because, like, at least if you're a fan of a bad team in most divisions or a boring team in most divisions, at least you go, hey, well, this team's coming in and they're fun to watch. 
Every game in that division is awful to watch. Like, I, I can't imagine investing three and a half hours of my life in 13-9 every single game. Uh, the old uh, Minnesota-Iowa game last week, Jackson, controversial with the punt return. That's about as yeah. exciting as it gets in the Big Ten West. Yeah. Illinois had a nice lead on uh, those Badgers, and then Luke Fickle carrying the momentum in to shock the world in Ohio State and throw this college football playoff into a tailspin tomorrow night in Madison. Jump around. I Thank mean, you. Jimmy, you you and I could move to absolutely anywhere we want if you just bet the under on every Big Ten. That's not a bad idea, Jackson. Maybe we should do that. What was it, 32 and a half last week? It was. It was 32 and a half. I actually cited that over-under for Iowa and Minnesota. And guess what covered? The under. You better believe it, brother. Colonel, we will uh, allow you to get back to uh, enjoying your bye week, which I know has been relaxing and rewarding. And you will be between the hedges next week for the Tigers and Bulldogs. 2.30 Central start on CBS. Gabe Diarmond every Friday here on 101 ESPN brought to you by James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency online at carltoninsurance.net. Thank you, Colonel. All right, guys. Enjoy the uh, enjoy the day. Enjoy the YouTube comments. They- <laughs> They're so supportive. Uh, there it is. That's the Colonel. Uh, Gabriel P. DeArmond of PowerMizzou.com brought to you by James Carlton. Uh, Jackson, that, 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 you were caught off guard by the Kansas play. Uh, yeah, I but just... it's good for Bazori. No, I trust me, I get it. It's good for Bazori. You know, and they are a team that is not, like, shaped by, like, when you talk motive, they just want to, like, win as many games as possible because they are a team that used to be in the cellar and they're trying to prove themselves so that any win they can take, especially against Oklahoma, they're going to, whereas some other schools, you have to think about, like, motive when it comes to all this stuff. Maybe I'll parlay the Kansas money line and the Wisconsin money line. I wonder what a $100 get, bet would play on that. You would get paid. Think so? All right, you I'll enter that paid. in the uh, commercial break, and I'll see what's doing. Now, on the other side of the break, the second half of Balloon Party, driven by Munganass Burkhard, Alton Toyota, uh, as we open up the Little Piddles Friday Six Shooter, presented to you by the wonderful people at Angry Beaver. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN and YouTube. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. See me doing my my lower body movements on my golf swing over here? Maybe you can pick something up here. It's like Justin Thomas springing off the ground. That's how I get that distance. Because people are like, you're such a tiny little boy. How do you hit it so far? And I go, oh, it's glute season. Yeah, using the ground for your power. That's what I do. Using the ground for your power. Yeah, so if you're watching on YouTube, what a treat for uh, Tommy Summers and Eric Nickens. And, of course, the Don, tiny pee-pee. Don PP, as he's known. Yeah. Uh, Jackson, we got 20 minutes left this week. That's it. We do. Now, I'm going to go work on Sound Story right afterwards. I got to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But I only have 20 more minutes left on the air, and I demand we dig deep and we finish strong with this angry beaver, Little Piddles, Friday, Six Shooter. Question two. Today is the 12th anniversary of David Freeze's 
Game Six Heroics. Oh, let me feel a Russian nostalgia, Bill. Oh, it's not the best. And the 17th anniversary of the Cardinals winning the whole thing in 2006. Yeah, both on the same day. How do you do? When looking at the DNA of those two teams, meaning 06 and 11, versus the current iteration of the Redbirds, how would you say they are similar and how are they different? What is the biggest difference in your eyes between the two teams, or the three teams? <sighs> Jackson. The thing about it is, I was reading uh, Derek Gould's column in the Post-Dispatch this morning, kind of pointing out what the Diamondbacks and Rangers, those are the two teams playing in the World <laughs> Series this evening, uh, have and what the Cardinals don't have. And then you look at Names that aren't necessarily household names sure. in their starting rotation, because uh, Max Scherzer isn't the Max Scherzer of the Nationals 2019 World Series team. Right. Um, but it's Nathan Avaldi who I didn't realize has the second most wins in postseason baseball since 2018. Wow! Fun facts for no one tell. Thank you, Derek Gould. Yeah, for real. I guess there's been some some parody. Over the past, uh, I guess, five years, so that that stands to reason. Yeah, and he's he's dealt this postseason, so you have that at the top of the rotation. Certainly, the Phillies had that as well. It just didn't work out. Nola got hit the last time he pitched. He didn't get rocked, but he got hit versus the way he had been pitching in the previous series. And so, you, so you start with that, but th- that's comparing the Diamondbacks and Rangers to the Cardinals, and you go with Zach Gallon, the former Cardinal, uh, and uh, and Merrill Kelly. But then I sit there and I say to you, Jackson, can I look you in the eye, those beautiful blue eyes that are a seven or eight, if I'm a nine or ten, I mean, yeah. if I'm going to be honest with everybody, but you got the full head of hair, you got the height. And I say, Jackson, who started game one of the World Series of the Cardinals in 2006? Anthony Reyes. And I say, who started game two of the World Series of the Cardinals in 2006? Jared Weaver? No, he never was on the roster. I'm sorry, Jeff Weaver. Okay, then that's right. Okay, sorry. And you go... And that team won the World Series? Right. You see what I'm saying? No, I get it. Chris Carpenter went out there and dealt in Game 3. Mm-hmm. But you know, Jeff Weaver and Anthony Reyes, and that's a World Series team? Why, yes. Yes, it is. And that's why you go, okay, well, then maybe they're not that far away. But you still got to be able to get there. And usually to get there, you got to have a couple of killers at the top of the rotation. But then I say to you, Jackson, 2011. Uh Are you interested in naming the Cardinal rotation in 2011? I can try. I know you can try, and I know you will try. Jaime Garcia. He was. That probably, if we were doing Family Feud, would have been the last one. But nice. Chris Carpenter. Of course. Now we start to get a little sweaty. And then you're going to name This guy someone. would fist a current manager when given an opportunity during walk-offs. Kyle Loesch. That's correct. Kyle Loesch. Um, this guy played for every team in the history of baseball. Yeah. Um, it's not he was part of the Colby Rasmus trade. Oh, Edwin Jackson. That's correct. Good call. Good call. I don't think I can name the fifth. Uh, what did we do so far? Loesch. Loesch. Fist. Jaime. Jaime. Carpenter. Yeah, he pitched three games in that World Series. <laughs> Edwin Jackson. Lance Lynn was called into the game by mistake, but he was a starter <laughs> at the time. I remember that. Uh, Edwin Jackson we named, so I can't remember the fifth. Octavio Dotel would make uh, the little squirrel nose. Well, yeah, but that was, a, that was a bullpen pitcher. That's correct. Um, Zebchinski was also a bullpen pitcher. That's also correct. part of the Colby Rasmus trade. That's correct. I can't. Corey Patterson put out a fire in the dugout right. in September. Brush small brush fire. 
Jake Westbrook. Okay, yeah, I wouldn't have. Jakey, Jakey, big mistakey. 35. Uh, and uh, I don't, was he number 35? Pretty confident in that. Somebody sent in Jeff Supine. He was not part no, of the team. The, Bre- the Brewers were excited about the deal they gave him, though, after 2006. He was critical in 2006. Huge. Game seven of the NLCS. Jackson Tyson Supine, game six. <laughs> they should remix it. <laughs> So then you go, well, Tim, you keep talking about starting pitching, and you just named Jeff Weaver and Anthony Reyes and Kyle Loesch and Jaime, yeah. Jeff Weaver again, <laughs> and Jared Weaver. Yeah, unfortunately. Billy Weaver, little Billy Weaver. Uh, yeah, yeah, Earl Weaver. Banty Rooster. The king of them. Northside product, I believe. I think he's Northside. Of Chi-Town? St. Louis. Oh. Well, when you say Northside. Uh, well, what are you thinking? I think Chicago. North side, where, where south are we side. doing this? Where are we doing this show? This show is being broadcasted across the St. Louis metropolitan area. You're damn right it is. And with the courtesy of Dobbs Tower and Auto Centers, it's being podcast all over the world. That's right. So my point on the whole retrospective on the 2006-2011 team is, go, God, that wasn't great starting pitching. Mm-hmm. Now you had Chris Carpenter yeah, and, a, a and, a, and a rain out that the people of Dallas, Texas believe was convenient, <laughs> allowed him to pitch game seven. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it, yeah that, that wasn't really overpowering. Sure. But you had the lineup, and, you, and and when you have Albert Pujols in the middle, yep. If we want to go back to 2006, and then also have Scott Rowland, who emerged from the benching in the NLCS to nearly become the World Series MVP. Some thought he may have been. David Eckstein, of course, got it. And Jim Edmonds, well, then you got that right in the middle. Uh, and then in 2011, you had Pujols, Berkman. Matt the Bat, and of course the MVP who went on an October heater for the ages in D-Freeze. So, you have cores across the board, and I would say that with the 2004 team, that many would say was better, I think, than the 2006 and 2011 teams, with a lineup that didn't have really any Mm -hmm. weakness uh, up and down. So, from that standpoint, do you go, okay, well then the Cardinals aren't as far? Yeah, I mean, they got, you know, neither of are not or Goldie or Albert, but they're both MVP-level players. And one of the things Derek pointed out is the young stars in Texas and Arizona, not necessarily household names. I think one's about to become the rookie of the year. Dolores Garcia's? No, Corbin Carroll. Okay. um, With the Diamondbacks. Garcia, I think, has become a bit of a household name. Yeah. Um, Certainly here. So... Uh, maybe you can have that with Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn next year. Yeah. Hell, I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to see a repeat of this past year. From my standpoint, five days after the World Series, let's get it on. Yeah. Because that's when it goes Showtime. down. Here we go. Showtime. Let's see what's going to happen. It's going to be quite a moment. And will the Philadelphia Phillies now be even more aggressive than they would have been had they won the World Series? You know what I mean? I think yeah. it's almost no. it's like we kind of handicapped Georgia and Florida. It might be better for Missouri if Georgia to wins big. Yeah, no, I get you. So now that the Phillies are going, God, yeah, all- we're, we're a win away from the World Series back-to-back years. We were two wins away from a world championship. We can't let Aaron Nola go. We, he loves pitching here, and they got a real thing going. Let's make sure we keep them. Yeah, no, I would totally. See it's almost saying? better. If, like if they win, it's That's like all right, we've saying. we've got to the mountaintop now. Yeah. We can kind of relax. That's what I'm saying. So when you think through it that way, I don't know what the play is going to be. I still think there's going to be a trade and a free agent acquisition. That's my parlay play for you. We'll take a break. Come back with the final segment of Bloom Party, driven by Mung and S. Burkhardt, Alton Toyota, 101 ESPN, and YouTube. Back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 
ESPN. Welcome back to the party final segment for the week. And Jackson says we're going to finish strong, so I'm just going to let him do it. Yeah, let's finish strong. Good. This is your time. Let's bring the heat. What are we doing here? Uh, I was just kind of... Buying time. Well, I was just doing some light humming. Question three. With Missouri on a bye this weekend, we can sit and watch games across the SEC. What do you think are the best outcomes the SEC East can have with Georgia taking on Florida and Tennessee heading to Lexington? Who in the East outside of Georgia and Missouri do you think are most likely to run the table and close out this year strong? Hold on a second. Was the question, who in the SEC East outside of Missouri and Georgia are most likely to run the table? Yeah. If you had to to say, what team are you buying stock in? To close out the season. Well, I'm a controversial host, as you know, so I'll cross Vanderbilt off the list. Yeah, yeah. For this that was, that was question bold. That, that was Gabe. You want a different one? I got a different one. I got a different one. Am I being passive aggressive? <laughs> yes, but it's intentional, so I don't know how that like works. What if I like tweeted right now? Gabe already asked this question. Would that be like the ultimate? Or like, um, yeah. Problem is, like, I'd, I'd retweet it and like, like, re- you want to talk about ham and egg? I'd really do it up so I don't think it would um, yeah Gabe already asked this question yeah and uh, ellipses I've noticed that people putting three dots around everything yeah. it's like so so cool like you're such a badass when you do that wow so it's like somebody with some ellipses got in your kitchen who's I that think, I just think it's so it's like so passive aggressive is that right dot 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 is passive aggressive is it like when someone goes like dot 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 you get what I'm saying it's like oh my god I gotta tell you. I envy your youth. I don't envy the youth. You follow me? Yeah, that was that was poignant. Well, that's who I am. Yeah, uh, yeah I'll take another question since we already tended to this one with Gabe. Sure. Question four. Looking at gambling. Yes, let's do that. I've already given you. Wisconsin's going to shock the world tomorrow night in Madison. It's going to be a scene up there. Oh, yeah. Is this the point in the season where motive for season objectives come into play, and how do you factor that into your place? Look at that throat. That was a... It's a wild like noise. A little gerbil. <laughs> uh, I'd say keep an eye on a Clemson team that yeah. might be going, oh boy. Yeah. Yep. I mean, they've had a couple, oh boys. North Carolina know. maybe. I don't know what the hell happened. That such, is. Yeah, and they have such a weak schedule to finish out. Like I think they're taking on Campbell this week. God almighty, that was a team. It was right in front of them. It was. It was right in front of them. I'm telling you, Missouri's plus 30,000 to win the national championship. Throw a few hundred on it and get yourself a hundred K. How do you do? So I was thinking like, if you're going to make that play, you also make the play to win the SEC. Obviously you make that play. And well, then now you're, I'm diversifying. Well, now, yeah, Initially I was just throwing a Hail Mary. Now I got to throw a few bullets out there. Well, if you're going to do one, wouldn't you just throw a little taste in the, uh, of winning the SEC and because if they're going to win the national championship, drink is going to win the Bear Bryant award. So you throw a little taste on that too. Wow. And if you're going to win God, one, I was just going to put a hundred on a long shot. And all of a sudden I got a thousand dollars invested here. Yeah, but and then think it gets about the blown payout. up between the hedges. Think about the payout. Yeah, but I know. You, I mean, I'm a big, I'm a big PNL guy. You know that. Oh, I know. They call me Johnny PNL on the South Side. PDPNL. PDPNL. And now all of a sudden, we're exposing ourselves to a little more risk than just my hundred dollar hail mary, where you know they lose by thirty at Georgia, and I go, well, what are you gonna do? Right. And now I'm like, they lose by thirty at Georgia. I go, God, I lost the Bear Bryant, the SEC, the SEC East, the national championship. Well, See what I'm saying? I'll tell you something that you once told me. What's that? You want to play the game, 
you got to be willing to die if you want to live. I don't think I ever said something I'm like that. Paraphrasing, but right. you got to be willing to be killed to to want to live. Something to that extent. Uh, <laughs> speaking of PDPNL, I might be PD right. public over here, but California taking on USC really interests me. Oh, it's at Cal. Cal's no good. I like honest. I like where I like where you're going because you're going motive here. Because USC, like, there's talks of like Caleb Williams maybe not playing the rest of the well, year. He's looking for equity in an NFL franchise, right? Uh, the owner is going to do that. And they, Aaron Rodgers asked for something similar, and they said no. Oh, so, is that right? Yeah. So Caleb, I don't. Me think and Aaron Rodgers, same page. We've been compared before, right? Uh, so I don't like. I just don't know where USC's motivation is now because they're a team that was, you know pretty likely to make the college playoff. Well, not likely. I shouldn't say that. But they were a, a strong a candidate. Bon Jovi, Slippery when wet. 85, 86, I think 86. Early in the season, they looked really strong, and then they've fallen off precipitously, as we've seen. But I just don't know where their motive is, especially Caleb Williams. If you have a quarterback whose motivation might not be there, Cal's getting 10 and a half at home. Um, I like the play. I, like I got to tell you, I like the play. I like the play. I'll take Utah as well for a little Pac-12. Yeah. How do you do at yeah. home against Oregon? Yeah. I think the Utes fly under the radar. They're not a blue blood just like Missouri. Game day will be there. God, I mean, we just parlay in underdogs. Is it underdog weekend here on Balloon Party? There, I see nothing wrong with betting on home dogs. All right. I like, and I go, you know, nighttime is the right time for the upset. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Oregon Utah game two thirty, but the I'm, I'm I'm on my Badgers and you're on your Golden Bears. Yeah, I like that a lot. And um, Tennessee Kentucky is like a total. I don't toss-up. touch that one. Yeah, that's a yeah. That's Gabe a says it's good if uh, if Kentucky wins. Yeah, I, I think it just bolsters the Kentucky win Missouri already has because it was a road win. I just kind of wonder, like, okay, let's see, they beat Georgia, and then let's say they beat a number. 14 Tennessee as opposed to a non-ranked Tennessee. Yeah, no, I understand Tennessee, that. And, yeah. then, and then Florida, if they're not ranked, and then they yeah. got Arkansas. But if you're beating Georgia and your plan is to run the table, then it doesn't matter if they're ranked Gotta or not. Got to be pulling for Kansas State at this point if you're a Missouri to, fan. Have to, yeah, for sure. If, you wanna, if you're talking me. resume, but ultimately running the table is going to get them in. I don't know about that. Oh, my God. If they win the SEC, they're not going to get in. I mean, what if you have undefeated Oklahoma and undefeated Washington, yeah. and then you got a Big Ten in there, and you got undefeated Florida State? How are you going to look those kids in the eye and keep them out of this tournament? Hey, winning the SEC is more impressive than going undefeated in the ACC. I'm just telling you, it's going to be a problem, especially right. if you wear yellow and white. <laughs> yeah, I understand. All right, Jackson, I think we got to go. Yep. Uh, Jackson's going to go review uh, the Flames game film <laughs> and get you ready for the Canucks here on 101 ESPN pregame 8 p.m. tonight. For our Action Jackson, I am Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Munganas Burkhardt, Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and on YouTube. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.